Hello, everyone, and welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about ABMs. So before there was ABG, there were ABMs, Asian Boss Moms. I feel like there are so many untold stories from our mothers that really play into how we were raised and give a context of who we are individually. Even though we sometimes talk about the immigrant story collectively, our mothers had different reasons for coming over to the U.S. They had to navigate a different Asian and Asian American landscape than we do. So for today's episode, we will share our conversations that we had with our mothers about their journey to the West. As a context for this episode, I was back home in the Bay Area and I was able to have a conversation with my mom and was able to record that portion. So I'll be sharing that later on in this episode. Before we get to that, Helen and Jana were able to talk to their mom as well. So Jana, do you remember what your mom said about why she came to the U.S.? So both my parents came to the United States from Taiwan around the 70s or 80s. And at that time in their life, they had finished university. It was basically a chance for them to, I think it was like they explained it to me as among their peers during that period, coming to the United States was like coming to the land of opportunity. So if you were like an ambitious person and adventurous and you wanted to take risks, you were going to come to the U.S. and try to like basically make a life for yourself. But my mom specifically, I didn't learn this until recently, her father, so my grandfather, he was, I think he did some work in the army, but also they ran a lot of like businesses. They had like a pawn shop and different stores. And so he was always kind of a very entrepreneurial and like adventure seeking person. He was already planning to move their family to the States and he was scoping out real estate specifically in Monterey Park, LA area. He wanted to be close to the ocean and that kind of stuff or on the West Coast. But how my mom came to come over was a little, it's a little bit of a funny story because she is the second oldest child in her family and she's the eldest daughter. And so, you know, she was graduating from university and she was going through that period where my grandparents were like trying to set her up to, to be married. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, well, how about this guy? And she's like, oh, not really. And like, okay, how about this guy from this other family? She's like, eh, not really. And, and they're like, okay, look, If you don't want to get married, that's fine, but we are planning to in the future go to the States. So if you don't want to get married and like kind of, you know, find a family here, if we're going to keep supporting you, you got to go to the United States. Oh. And so (laughs) she was the first person in her family to go. I think they have a family friend that she grew up with who was with her husband and lived here. And so when my mom came over, it was like, I think she had one family or one person that Mm. kind of helped. But she went, she enrolled in a school in San Diego. It was like an international school. But basically, I think her family friend lived in LA so she would do like a two-hour commute to school so she was going to school full-time and my grandparents were like you should focus on education don't worry about money mm-hmm. but she's a very like headstrong person and she found a job randomly I think finance or accounting at a car dealership oh, or wow. something so she was working I think like part-time going to school full-time commuting from LA all the way to San Diego basically I mean she like worked her ass off essentially and I think within a year she stopped needing financial support from my grandparents so she was paying for everything by herself was she able to speak English too or did she learn English in Taiwan that's a good you know I don't really know what her what the language background was Mm -hmm. yeah I assume she probably knew some in Taiwan but I think it was still probably mostly just learning here wow Mm -hmm. wow and but she was also like I think she came here around the Monterey Park area so you're still around like a lot of Asian American people but I know that the company she worked for Mm -hmm. and the school she went to San Diego I don't I think it was like just mix of all international Mm -hmm. but the the company she worked for it was I think they were like Caucasian people yeah so I'm not quite sure how I don't know yeah (laughs) yeah Helen what about you so 
when I first brought up to, I just talked to her a couple of days ago while she was cooking and cleaning. And I was just like, Hey mom, can you sit down for a second? And she's like, Nope, just, <laughs> just talk to me. I'll answer all of your questions. I was like, okay, well, I wanted to ask you about your journey to America. And the first thing she said was, do you want to hear the truth or do you want to hear the good stuff? <laughs> and I'm like, what does that even mean? But the journey here for her was actually a very, very difficult one. And I think oh. it was difficult the the day that she landed at the airport and just not being able to she didn't speak any English at all mm. and I don't think my dad had the time right for when to pick her up from the airport and so she tells me the story every time we go to an airport she's like yeah this like being here just brings back all these bad memories of just having to figure out how to pull out one of those like carts to put all of my Mm, luggage on and she couldn't even figure out how to do that and she was standing there and crying the whole time and people were coming up to her and speaking to her but she couldn't understand what Mm -hmm. they were saying and it was just and she brings that up all the time but she actually came to the u.s when she was 23 years old i kind of wish i asked my mom And now, like, the rest of my family, like, all these questions about how they came over here and the process of it. Because I found out a lot about my, just, like, my family background from talking to her. So I guess my great-grandpa on my dad's side, he was the first to come to the U.S. to help build railroads. Oh. That's a long time ago. Yeah. But I guess there was, like, a visa process or a process of bringing family over Mm -hmm. that takes a certain amount of time. So my great-grandpa had applied for my, yeah, yeah, so my dad's dad to come to the u.s and he had to go to hong kong first for one or two years before coming over oh wow and then once they were here then they could apply for my dad to come over Mm. so then my dad took another one or two years before he was able to come over but he couldn't bring my mom because they were still just boyfriend girlfriend so my dad came to the u.s first and then he was here for a year went back married my mom and then he had to come back to the u.s before applying for her to come over so there was like this long period of time where they were just apart just for the process of getting the visa. And yeah. I'm like, I wonder what happened in those like two years of them just being apart and her just waiting for her time for when the government told her that she was able to move over to the U.S. But very similar story where it's all about the American dream. It's like American gold and yeah. the, the possibilities of just success and all of that, right? Because I think a lot of our family had already moved to Toronto, to Hong Kong, and also to the U.S. Mm-hmm. My mom's family and my dad's family, their immediate family, were like the only ones remaining in their village area. I think they lived in the village. But they would say that every time it was Christmas or New Year's, people would send money over. And they were like, oh, there's so much money outside mm. of this area and i think also i know the cultural revolution happened in 1966 Mm -hmm. my mom's telling me how like the government gave them coupons and they had to use the coupons which was only like a dollar per month Mm -hmm. towards things like essentials like cooking oil sugar rice and all of these things like even if they had money they couldn't use the money to buy things they had Mm -hmm. to use coupons so that they can ration out supplies because i guess also during that time like there wasn't a lot of resources resources right so that overall limits their level of like happiness in life a little bit there was a desire to get out just for the possibility of success but i think also the living conditions weren't that great Mm. back in china so that's also why she wanted to leave dang yeah so she came here she was 20 she was 23 she was so young yeah and then when she got here she didn't have any friends she told me she went to Chinatown. And I always wondered, I was like, oh, who are these people that actually go to Chinatown to use the resources? And I was like, oh, my mom did. And she mm-hmm. went there and she took like night classes, mm-hmm. learned English, 
went to actually my elementary school they had night classes also Mm -hmm. for uh english classes and so she got her like ged she had her high school diploma in china but she said she really wanted to just start from like the basics of learning english so Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. when she had kids that she could help us out with our homework and help us out with english and she kept repeating that that was like the only reason why she really wanted to learn english so that she could help us eventually with our homework and and then i remember there was one time when I was doing my homework and she couldn't help me with my English homework and I got so mad because every other student's Student, moms yeah. could help them and yeah. I was just like, why can't you? And then now thinking about that, I was like, wow, Helen, you're such a bitch. <laughs> oh, because I didn't realize that like, she, yeah, this was like the only reason why she wanted to go to class was to help us. And to an extent, she couldn't learn it fast enough by right. the time mm-hmm. when I was in, in school and I was my English was already exceeding hers right yeah so there was like a just speaking to her like I was tearing up talking to her oh, about this because yeah. it kind of came full circle with that one experience yeah. I, I remember clearly having in I think it was like third grade to be honest this is partly why I wanted to do this episode because I feel like we don't really know the life our parents had before us mm-hmm. we just know like oh you're our parents death struggles and they went through things that we don't know anything about but it's just knowing like your mom went through that and all these things it builds into context why they emphasize certain things with us how we were raised a certain way and it's also interesting to hear about your family lineage and your history because right. i think these are things that it kind of plays into how you are individual as a person mm-hmm. so it's like kind of interesting to hear like both your parents' story wait for helen did your parents immigrate to boston right away they were in boston yeah. oh so they boston just... was the first place that they went to because my so my dad's side of the family they had already settled in that area mm-hmm. and my dad's dad was already living here so then when they came over i mean they had I guess the aunts and brothers and sisters and brother sister in laws. My mom had them to talk mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. but I think it was also very much like, oh, you're like the wife, and you're expected to do like the childbearing and mm-hmm. to cook and clean and things like that. So I think that also made it a lot harder for her because she didn't feel very close to right, the right. dad side of the family because mm-hmm. her family was still back in China. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. My mom has a story from, I think it was when they were first married, their first home. I I don't know if I was born yet, but their neighbor, there was this little girl and she had never seen an Asian person before. So she, and so she, when my mom said she came to our front yard and she like made eye contact with my mom, she's like, are you a witch? Oh no. (laughs) I mean, it was innocent because she was a child, but my mom, like she laughs at those stories because she's like, this is what it's like to be in a place where you're foreign to them and they're foreign to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, in that case, she was like, she laughed about it because it was a child, but. But dang. Yeah. I'm sure there were a lot of those moments with like adults Adults, too. Yeah. 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 And we grew up in, or I grew up in Orange County. So I know like it's, you know, even in high school doing like dance team things where moms have to interact with each other. Oh. Like she felt, you know, there it's like a discrepancy. So mm-hmm. it's a very real thing. Wait, um, Janet, you never mm-hmm. talked, you never mentioned like, did your parents meet in the U.S. or in Taiwan? They did. Yeah. So it's interesting. You're talking about your mom had like family here and that was, that had its own like pros and cons. Mm-hmm. If that's like your core here. When my mom came here, it was more family friends. She didn't have any like, like relatives per mm-hmm. se, but I guess the friends maybe were like pretty close and she met my dad through that mutual or through some mutual friend at a house party i think oh, <laughs> oh wow so, okay i was gonna make a bad comment by soft oh just say it <laughs> were you were you made at the house party <laughs> <laughs> but my parents actually i didn't know until we, they actually they would go they loved going out karaokeing and like drinking and having a good time and up even when i was born like they were married for five years before they had me mm-hmm. and so um, my mom talks about how it was like 
hard to shift the lifestyle from like going out like until like 2 a.m. on the mm-hmm. weekends and, like, and then we had you and the first couple of months like you just came with us oh really <laughs> like they because they would go to karaoke and it was just indoors she's like you were a super chill baby so you just like in your cedar thing in the corner <laughs> Janet's gonna be the spitting image of her mom like, <laughs> I mean, when she has a kid that'd be funny for me, it's, like, interesting or entertaining to hear, like, wow, our parents actually went out and had fun. Yeah. yeah. I, they do that. They don't do that anymore, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think one question we ask our parents is, you know, do they regret coming over here? Do you guys remember what your parents said or your mom? She said it wasn't until my sister and I were born, so that was two years after mm-hmm. so my sister was born in 1986 and she came over in 1984 so she said once she started having us and started focusing all of her attention on us that's when she started becoming happier mm-hmm. and then my her parents came over and she was just like this is where my family is and this is where my happiness is mm-hmm. so and then i asked her well do you think you would uh be happier if, if we all lived in china right now yeah and she has friends that she keeps in contact with through WeChat mm-hmm. yeah. or WhatsApp. Is it WhatsApp or WeChat? I think it's WeChat. I think WeChat yeah. um, and she's like, yeah, some of them are still really poor. And some of them are super rich. And a lot of them retire at like 50. And oh, wow. they're just traveling and having a good time. The government over there, there's laws, but it's not really enforced all the time. Mm-hmm. So she said there's more, even though she works hard over here, there's more stability. And people are happy and her family's around her. So that's the only outcome that she knows of. And so there's no regret for being here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think it's a better life for you guys too, like us, me and my sister. Yeah. Yeah. So I think ultimately she's happy, but she, it sounds like she went through a lot of shit yeah. <laughs> in order to get here. Uh, I didn't ask my mom point blank if she regretted it, but she did kind of unearth it herself where she made a comment. And she said, sometimes I wonder what would it have been like if we never left Taiwan, if we had just stayed? Mm-hmm. And this, so I had a conversation with both my parents for this. And my dad actually is like, well, but you never know. You can't say that you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And they have kept in contact with some of their friends in Taiwan as well. I mean, I guess some of them are doing well and some of them were less happy. So it's kind of like you never know. But that is that is a question that is like, so heavy <laughs> yeah yeah so very similar like they can compare to their friends yeah, right now yeah. and how they're doing but where they are right now yeah. i think it's US, because it's, it's like happening. one i think she's wondering it's like if we had stayed in a place where we were the norm or like right. the majority mm-hmm. and had that like would it have resulted in a better life but you never know you know and you come here and it's like you have i i do think that i do respect after hearing conversations with my parents and knowing about how they came here and the things they had to experience a higher level of respect for them just as individuals and like Mm -hmm. the character that builds Mm -hmm. and how even just like that you have to be an adventurous person to even want that right and so that's like a really awesome thing and then that you endured that have you ever asked your parents like oh your mom like has their experience coming over shaped how they raised you guys I can say I know like this is something my mom has always said to my sister and I growing up she she was always very careful to not impose Mm -hmm. like her value system on us because she Mm -hmm. very much recognized she's like this I don't I'm not you and I'm not like from this country and so maybe there isn't like I don't know what the right way to do things Mm -hmm. are it's Mm -hmm. you know it better than me because you're you're in the peer system you're in the school system so like it was always like very open parenting in that way and it was I think on her part, being very, like, self-aware of mm. that. I think that's, like, the complete opposite from <laughs> Well, I think because, so education, I mean, I think this is with a lot of Asian yeah. parents mm-hmm. that they are just, like, 
focus on education, education. That's like all you focus on. So when I started even like high school doing like track and volleyball and extracurriculars, just like, why are you doing that? Yeah. And like never came to my volleyball games and, you know, to, to like really support that side of it until he saw that I was good at it. And they're like, okay, I guess this is a good thing that you're doing, doing this and building up those skills. But I think because when she first came here, like her sole focus was to learn English yeah. and to learn English to help us with homework in school and all of that, that became like the number one thing on in her mind. That makes sense. And did you guys ever feel the kind of like in Crazy Rich Asians where the Asian mom is like, oh, you Americans, you just follow your passion instead of like thinking about the family and trying to grow a family business and all that. Was that ever imposed on you guys? I think maybe my parents, they would have been on the other side because they came here kind of to chase the dream. Mm -hmm. So I think for them, they relate a little bit more to that, like being idealistic and following your passion. But of course they were raised in a culture that, you know, Mm -hmm. is so... Yeah, I, I see that the tension in them too that I also experience. Yeah, I think my mom is totally Rachel's mom. She's very supportive of following my passion. Like that's something like she's mm-hmm. lets me do what I want because she's mm-hmm. like, I, she's like, at the end of the day, I just want you to be happy because this is your life and this isn't right. mine. So it's just like she understands that. But I think her whole my mom's whole mantra I could tell is like she just wants to be happy and stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if my career doesn't give me stability, that's when she is worried. But right. overall, if my job is passion driven and it gives me that she's all for it yeah mm. <laughs> i'm like but so i feel like my mom is super just tiger mom in a way but in a very loving way it's kind of weird because i never felt like she was like super hard on me mm-hmm. i think also because i was just a rebel child and i never really listened to her so i never felt the pressures of whatever she was trying to impose on me mm-hmm. it was always obviously like education study blah 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 and that definitely got into like my academics but I was able to do other things and I, I think by the time that I was able to prove that I could be successful doing these other things mm-hmm. and that I was okay by myself then she started to um, sort of take her hands off of the steering wheel and mm-hmm. just like let me let me be but recently I was like oh maybe maybe I'll help out at my boyfriend's like cafe because he's starting a cafe and she's like no <laughs> She's like, you're going to lose this job to work at a cafe? And I was like, I don't know. It could be like a like a short period kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know? It might be fun. And she's like, fun? <laughs> she's like, no. And that was it. That was like, end of conversation. But I also know that if I were, if I wanted to do it, that I would, would do it. Supportive, yeah. And that she would see that I'm completely fine. Yeah. And she'll, she'll accept the fact that I'm just a little rebel for the rest of my <laughs> life. That's so funny. I'm keeping my job. <laughs> So as Mel mentioned before, she was able to actually record the live conversation she had with her mom. So we are going to play that now, and then you guys can hear firsthand from her mom her story of coming to the United States. All right, everyone. um, It's Mel here. I'm currently back home in the Bay Area in Union City, where I'm from, and I am with my mom in her bedroom about to record. Mom, why don't you tell me about yourself or introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh, hi. I am Mel's mom. Mm -hmm. My name's Mei Ling. I came to this country when I was 14. 14. And my first uh, state that I stayed was uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. And then how old are you now? I am 53. 53. Okay, so you've been here since you were 14 until now. Correct. Okay, so do you remember, like, why you came to the U.S. to begin with? Uh, I think the main reason, grandpa, grandma, 
want us to come to the U.S. is better for our education.、Mm-hmm. And just we were lucky because my aunt, grandpa's sister, she actually migrated to Hawaii maybe two years prior to us,、mm-hmm. and she has like a. A furniture store, so we were able to stay with her because we were only—I was only fourteen.、Uh, my two younger brother—they're thirteen and ten years old. So only the children came, like you, Uncle Tom, and Uncle Chong came. Correct. Right. But I guess because Grandpa, Grandma—they're afraid that we might, because it's first time we're,、mm-hmm. you know, without them at at such a young age.、Mm-hmm. So our grandparents, for the Chu's family,、uh-huh. so they actually came with us and stayed with us with my aunt for a year before they actually、uh, moved back. When my mom's saying the Chu family, that's like my grandpa's side of the family. So when my mom actually came to the U.S. or Hawaii specifically, her grandparents, which are my great grandparents, came with them because my grandparents weren't able to come. When they immigrated here, and my mom is the oldest of three kids, so she came here with my uncle Tom and my uncle Chong, who are two years younger than her. Do you remember why, like grandma and grandpa, couldn't come with you guys? Is it because they had a business to run in Taiwan? Correct, because grandpa has her own business. As a matter of fact, he's a supplier for auntie in Hawaii. In Hawaii, yeah, for the sh- furniture store that she、correct. also owns. Yeah. Just to go back, so your goal for coming to the U.S. was primarily for education. Uh, yes, to have a better education. I assume it's probably more freedom to what we wanted to do, not being forced as back home after school. You go to tutor, you do you know stuff that we might not wanted to do. Yeah, and not being forced to do it. Yeah, but do you remember? Like, don't you feel like at that age you didn't know like that was the lifestyle? Do you remember? Because you're fourteen. Like, I feel like this decision for you to come here wasn't really your choice. Not my choice. Were you, were you mad that this wasn't your choice to come to? No,、Hawaii? actually, I wasn't mad because at that time it was not much people has opportunity to be able to come to the U.S. Oh, but did it scare you that you're gonna come here without your parents? Or you're like, oh no, since auntie, your auntie was here. Yeah, I think at that time I wasn't as I don't think I was as scared because I know the fact that my grandpa and grandma staying with us. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. What I find really interesting is that like a lot of my friends, like their parents immigrated to the U.S. at an older age, like in their twenties or like later than that. But you came here when you're like fourteen. You were able to actually experience like American culture in the sense of like going to high school here and all that stuff. Do you remember your first day of high school? Like, were you nervous? Did you even know English when you came here? No, actually, I don't. I only know the basics. Hi, thank you. By the very basic,、mm-hmm. I don't think I can even speak a whole language.、Uh-huh. And I remember, of course, I'm very nervous going to school because you, first of all, you cannot understand what they're talking about.、Yeah. You can just try to guess.、Mm-hmm. So in my backpack,、uh-huh. I remember I always have a dictionary with me.、Uh-huh. And back then, we had to buy lunch from school. Oh、so、really? All we pay is a quarter. That's it. And it was actually a pretty good meal. I remember it was a very good meal. Was it weird for you to eat like American food? Like, oh, this is tastes weird. Well, because being in Hawaii, you have a lot of Asian. So we,、yeah. our lunch, we have rice. You know, oh really? We actually have rice, teriyaki chicken, and then we, I, I think we really enjoyed the the lunches we had. Oh okay. Yeah, that's nice.、Yeah. But do you, so so you went to your first day of school and like had a dictionary. When you went to school there, there were there other also like. Asian people there, so you didn't feel like you stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, actually, I was、um, surprised. The school offers、uh, what's called the、um, English as second language. Oh yeah,、um, so、yeah we, we have actually, that now too. Yeah, so we do.、Um, so some of the classes, for example, English, we would not go to the regular English、mm. course. 
So we would spend that. So it's all the foreigners that's, you know, we are using broken English to oh, okay. communicate. So in our classroom, we have, I remember we have this girl from Korea. We have this girl from Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Us. So we all, it's pretty much like an international, mm. but we have to use English. But we have, still have some Chinese speaking. So you tend to get closer with them because yeah. of their language. That's good. So did you feel like it was easy for you to kind of transition into the American life or high school life real quickly? Yeah, I think so. For me, I was nervous. But then I think with that classroom that we have, mm-hmm. I think we spent, I recall, I think it was two classes that I think we have to go to. So it's kind of makes me, it's not as nervous as I, I thought I would. That's good. But even though you got to meet people, did you ever face like discrimination or bullying because you were straight from Taiwan versus I did. like Asian Americans who were born and raised there? Yeah, actually I did. I was... Um, I think there was two girls, I forgot, it's one of the class, and she always um, kind of looking at me very funny, and I don't know why, uh-huh. and I don't know what she was, I know she's talking about me because she's always looking at me and saying stuff that I don't know what she was talking about, always give me that kind of look, Yeah. and I don't know what did I, you know, I didn't do anything to her, but I guess because she was kind of laughing, looking down at me because she knows like I, I'm like the fresh of the bowl, you know, I don't yeah. speak the language. But it's I was very lucky because the English is second language, my teacher actually is a very, very nice lady. Yeah. Somehow she is related or to that girl after Really? I, I actually we're very open. The teacher is kinda like our mom at school. Yeah. So when we have problems running to an other classroom, we actually can talk to her. Uh-huh. And she just speaking of course she only speaks English, but she speaks very slowly. I mean, so she makes us feel very comfortable. So when you have a when you run into a problem, you don't know what to do. We actually talk to her. So I was telling her the problem I have. Uh I told her who I think what you know. I don't know her name, or maybe I did. I forgot, but I mentioned to her, and she kind of told me who she is. And she, I think she talked to that girl. Mm -hmm. She she doesn't do that to me anymore. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What do you reminisce about from Taiwan? Actually, you know, to be honest with you, I came here when I was 14. So think about I'm 53 right now. Yeah. So I spend more than half of my life here actually in America. Yeah. It is. Yes. Taiwan is my homeland. I do plan to hopefully some days I can retire. I can maybe spend more time there mm-hmm. to explore the island yeah. more. If you like, you're asking me if I, something that I wanted to go back to, you know. Yeah. I don't think I have much, again, because it's only a 14 year of memory. You don't remember. Uh, yeah. That's so true, actually. That's what I actually right. find interesting about, like, how you raised Brendan and I. Like, how did you, how were you able to maintain both that very Taiwanese side of you, but also, like, the American side? And how did you implement, like, that learning into raising me and Brandon? I think it has to do for the, since, again, I came here when I was 14. Right? Yeah. So my American side of it is because I pretty much grew up here. Yeah. And now the half of me that I have more Taiwanese kind of tradition, I have to say it's with grandpa and grandma because, you know, they spend a lot of time living with us. Right. So I take care of them. And so I think that's I that's because of that. I think that's why I still have that side of me to stay in in that tradition to continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do have to say though, because I think my parents kind of gave me, grandpa, grandma gave me a lot of freedom. They don't force me to do stuff that I don't want to do. Yeah, and that's why I I want to do the same to you and Brendan. I don't want to force you stuff that you don't you don't want to do. Yeah, I don't that's like true. to be like other parents. For example, career wise, 
most Asian wants their children, doctors, lawyers, whatever. Yeah, I'll be nice to have you know to be become that. It's if you're not gonna like it, you're not gonna enjoy. It, I'm not gonna force you to do that. Yeah, but your thing is financial stability. I know that. Yes, like you yes. want us to at least have a job that pays decent. Correct to be able to survive. You know, to support yourself. Yeah, and possibly if you have family. In my mind, I'm still kind of old-fashioned. Um, Brandon, for example, I want to be able to. Brandon would be able to support his family. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this too. Like my mom and I talk. You just don't want me as a woman to not make any money and rely solely on the husband. Correct. Because you want me to be self-sufficient and not feel like I have to rely on a man to make money for my family. Because that's how I am. Yeah. So I wanted to. I want to see you to be also independent as well. Yeah, I agree. So we talked about, you know, you coming here at your age and you're transitioning. But I want to ask you more, like, I guess, like a big picture. Like, is America or the experience here what you expected? And if not, like, how has your experience here shaped who you became? And are you happy with your overall decision coming here? Well, actually, I I am very happy overall with my decision because, of course, I have to thank Grandpa, Grandma because of them. I would making the decision for us. There is a lot of again in America, you have a lot of opportunities. As Grandpa always say, actually, with Grandpa, one day we were chit chatting. He、mm-hmm. was talking to a friend, just chatting, saying, "Do you regret sending your children away when they're young?" Yeah. And you know, he was saying, you know, he do we ever regret that? Yeah. Yes, we did、mm. because we left them. You know, as I remember the day when they're going back home, I was crying. Grandpa cried. We all cried. Grandma,、mm. Grandpa didn't cry. Grandma cried.、Mm. But you know, again, I told I told I told Grandpa, I thank you for doing that. Yeah, I would live in a very good life right now. Look at Uncle Tom. I know. Shit, you're killing was, it. If he was not in America, do you think you'd be so successful as today? That's true. That's that's what I told Grandpa. I say, don't worry about. You know, appreciate you sending us to America. But if we look at your youngest son, if we are in Taiwan today, he would not be who he is today. That we all、yeah. proud of him. That's true. Just like a context, my、uh, my uncle Tom is pretty much like an executive in, in the fashion world right now, and he's like killing it. So that's why mom's referencing that my uncle Tom. We always say he's like the most successful one in our family. And you know, for the listeners out there, I really hope that you're, you know, again having that open channel with your parents, open up with them. And I'm sure you, as being their children, they would love to, you know, to listen to you. Yeah, and I think the reason why I wanted to bring my mom on for this episode is because I think also just as like as children of these parents who immigrated here, it's like for it's good for us to learn their story and understand like where they're coming from, as to how they raise us, why do they teach us the lessons they do, and like kind of like why we even get into fights with them because there's like kind of misunderstanding because like we don't understand where they come from, we just know them as they are now as our parents, but they had a story, they had a history before even having us. So you know, like my mom said, open up that channel with them, have a conversation. If you're not as close with your parents, just just hey, ask them like, how was it like coming here? I think just having that question and asking them like, you'll learn a lot more about yourself along the way. So thank you, mom, for joining us on this episode. I'm very happy to be able to share my experience with your listener. Yeah, thanks, mom. So yeah, that was my mom's story. I think the ultimate goal for this episode for us was really just to encourage you guys to really talk to your moms about their history and their reasoning for coming here. Because you know, like if you guys remember from elementary school into high school, we had to take like U.S. history class and learn about like our country, and it, it was interesting. But it's much more important to learn about your own history, and we have the biggest resources out there to get that, and that's through our moms and our parents. So I definitely encourage you guys to do that. 
So this wraps up this episode about ABMs, Asian Boss Moms. If you guys want to share your story about your mom or something that you didn't know about, feel free to email us at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. We're also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. I think it'd be really cool, actually, if we could get like a social media thing started with sharing our conversations with our moms, our dads, not even just our parents, like grandparents, family members, and all of that. Even us, now we're like in our late 20s, 30s, right? And this is the first time we're talking to our moms about this and capturing the stories and sharing it too. So send us your stories and we'll put it on our Instagram carousel. You can find us on Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. And if you just hit that subscribe button, we'll show up in your feed on a weekly basis. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating and a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye! Bye.